Hey babe. Yeah, babe. Remember that time we watched Boarding School? You mean the 2018 uh, sort of weird psychological horror film from the Remember the Titans? Boaz Yakin? Yup. Yup. We're talking about Boarding School today, and we have a special treat for you horror babes out there. We have one of the actors from the film, Nico Oliveri. Nico and I go way, way back to college. So, what's up, Nico? Hello, hello. How are you guys doing? We are so good. We're so excited to talk about this movie. I've watched it twice this week, so I'm I'm stoked. I'm very excited to talk about it. So thank you so much for coming on and talking with us. Thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, Nico is an actor, singer. Based, You're based in L.A. now, right? I am. Great, great. Um, you used to live in New York and, and, and did the things. We used to run into each other all the time at acting classes and, and whatnot. All the time. <laughs> um so yeah babes we're gonna do the normal format where i will go through uh or topher will go through who made this thing <laughs> i will go through the plot and then we will get to the analysis and we'll have some questions here for nico about some behind the scenes cool stuff so without further ado topher who made this thing so several people usually yes um, wasn't just one person doing a whole thing not a uh, sort of one-man show here <laughs> Correct. <laughs> uh, so as I as we said up top, uh, this was written and directed by Boaz Yakin. Mm-hmm. It stars Luke Prail, who you would know from Eighth Grade, the Bo Burnham indie film that came out a couple years ago uh, that was, I think, A24 produced. Yeah. Um, I love A24. Yeah. We <laughs> Big Stan. As, they pick as, good movies. That's a great do. movie, too. And Eighth Grade's awesome. It is, yeah. It's a really good one, and it, it really made me cry. Um, <laughs> hard. <laughs> Uh, Samantha Mathis as Isabel. That is, uh, sorry, Luke Prail was playing uh, is playing Jacob Felson. Uh, he's our lead here. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of who we follow throughout it. Uh, Samantha Mathis plays his mother, Isabel. David Aaron Baker as his stepfather, Davis. Um, Barbara Kingsley as Sippy Landau. That is the, uh, well, she's called crazy, but she's just been wrecked by the Holocaust. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> trauma. Yes. Yeah. yeah, trauma Trauma is something we're going to talk about a lot uh, in this. Oh, yeah. Um. We also have Bart Bass. Bart Bass. Robert John Holcomb. When he showed up, I was like, oh my God. Right? The evil guy from Gossip Girl. Yeah. Faked his own death. Sorry for spoilers for a show that's 10 years old. And see, and I know him from uh, Law and Order from SVU. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that a lot? Yeah. Um, I'm going to skip through some of the credits here. I always feel bad doing this, but I'm going to sort of try and keep us tight mm. and focused here. Yeah, yeah. Great. Um, Sterling Jarens. Was that how you pronounced her last name? Yes. Okay, great. That's a cool name. So, uh, Sterling yeah. Jarens as Christine Holcomb, um, kind of our foil for Jacob, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the other students at the school. Yep. Will Patton as Dr. Sherman, um, who is another, he's also been in several horror films. Most recently, the one, the most one I see most recently is the newest Halloween movie. He played Officer Hawkins. He's a good it's cast. Terrifying for... in both of them. Yeah, he's a good cast. He's very creepy. Mm hmm. Uh, Tammy Blanchard as Mrs. Sherman, who, again, uh, we've actually covered her before on this podcast. She was in The Invitation. 
She was very good in The Invitation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very she's good. terrifying in that, terrifying in this. Very Nurse Ratched, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, would, I would definitely give her that, yeah. Nadia Alexander playing Phil, the uh, young burned child. Mm-hmm. Christopher Dylan White as Frederick, our Tourette's uh, hatter. Nico here with us as Elwood. We have Toby and Caden George as the twins, Lenny and Calvin, uh, the last two students at the school that we see. Uh, we had music from Leslie Barber. Absolutely incredible. Oh my God, yeah. Um, I loved her Mansfield Park score. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's done so much. Um, Manchester by the Sea as well, of course, another A24 joint. Um, she's been doing recently Four Weddings and the Funeral, the TV series. I want to know who did the cinematography in this movie because it's beautiful. Uh, that would be Mike it was Simpson. really well done. Yeah, Mike Simpson's done so, so much. I really loved the uh, cinematography and the editing, and the uh, the editing was from Martin Brinkler. The uh, location scouting was pretty, pretty yeah, great, too. Yeah, like, location was gorgeous. The location was spooky. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was. It in real came life, across too. that way. Uh, the lighting was really well done. So yeah, I guess like production design would be Mary Lena Colston, who would have helped with a lot of that mm-hmm. uh, set decoration from Cheyenne Ford and costume design from Jessica Zavala. Amazing. Yeah, really. I I love. I, again, we could go into. I always feel bad for leaving out people who work in crew because I'm crew. Uh, <laughs> but it's always such a long list, and it's tough to like really get into totally that long of a list of people. Sure. Um, but yeah, I really, I, I, the production on this film was one of my favorite things about it. There's a lot to love here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, production was so fucking cool. Yeah, <laughs> it was really cool. Yeah. They all did an really incredible amazing. job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, so are you, is, does that wrap up? Yeah, the, that more or less okay. wraps up what more I have for, um, um, so this was technically released uh, in 2018, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we just got wide di- uh, digital release this year, right? It was, it was distributed wide. Uh, initially it was on on all of the like iTunes and Amazon and all that stuff right 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 uh, and it was out in theaters for like three weeks but in like 11 states got it yeah um, so limited so it release a limited release yeah but then um it was really hard to find for like a year and as an actor you know they don't tell us a whole lot so right. you know, <laughs> as to why that was going on I'm not totally sure but um, it just got picked up by Amazon Prime video so it's back on yes, there now. Which is where we both watched it. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's actually what I for what I have. Um don't have any information on, you know, budget and things like that. How um, long were you guys shooting? About how many weeks? I shot for three weeks, but I think the whole project was six. Okay, okay yeah. That's Great. The middle like three and a half, four were at the the mansion. And mm-hmm. then the outside shots were done before and after. Right. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sort of sort of like principal photography mm-hmm. for exteriors. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So then I will get us straight into a little bit of plot. And I just want to jump right in and say that I love this opening. It's very like oh, solid. bloody West Side Story to me. Yeah. And I love it. I love the I love the reminiscent of like the 80s horror films font that was chosen. I'm, I'm big on like fonts and stuff. Yeah. I'm just like... I don't know. The aesthetics of the film immediately, I was just like, okay, okay, this is this is gonna be good. I'm yeah, excited. digital design was really well done here. Really rich in colors. And so yeah, when we say if you haven't seen what the original West Side Story film, uh, do yourself You're a favor. You're missing out. It's so good. <laughs> but it's long. It's all these long panning shots of New York done in uh, gels in the in the original and in, in West Side Story because it's all yeah. shot in film. So you have to do it all in gel and occasionally some uh, post production painting. But it's really cool to see this done digitally in a way that is really really well done and is reminiscent of that without being just a full ripoff and also without being um boring <laughs> yeah yeah no it was uh, really, really cool. pretty doesn't it look ugly at all it's gorgeous very, very, very visually visually stimulating okay so we have 
our main character, Jacob, is tw- a 12-year-old boy who is afraid of the dark. He lives with his stepfather and his mother, um, who is quite frustrated with his night terrors. Uh, she's like, please, you have to sleep. I was like, poor kid. Um, and then <laughs> he's he's discovered dancing while dressed in his late grandmother's dress. His grandmother... Um, passes away the next the next morning after he has this night terror um he sees her right like that's what we're supposed to understand in the dream yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. she calls him Jacob. yeah yeah in the the, in the nightmare he sees her and and we get that awesome like little jump scare of like her with the file down teeth and and the the blood and everything it's great and then um so he's kind of he's playing a little bit of you know dress up he he throws on the uh his grandmother's dress and the gloves and the pearls and just like the whole nine yards and is just dancing and is discovered by uh, his stepfather. And then we get um, a pan over to the, what we now learn is the boarding school that Jacob will be sent to, to spend the next semester at. Jacob is asking a Mrs. Sherman all these questions when he arrives, asking, you know, and she's, it's kind of funny. It's like when you work with kids, it's like you can tolerate so many questions. And then it, you can tell she like reaches her and she's like, anything else? <laughs> Do you need anything else? And um, well, she's very prim and proper too. And he's this sort of like. She's like correcting his grammar. And yeah, because he's just a kid from this. Brooklyn. Like, and, he, and it's the 90s. Like, yeah. He's, he wants to be Adam Yach, you know? He wants right, to be MCA. Right, right. <laughs> he doesn't um, want to be. <laughs> yeah. I should also mention that he gets into quite a few fights at his school um, before the boarding school, and they have a big uh, family dinner, I guess, with the family friends, which is where we meet Christine initially. Right. And she starts kind of telling him that he's a girl, and if he's not a girl, prove it. Like, all of all of these things. You can tell that they're going to have an interesting journey. We kick up hard <laughs> on the gender expression. Yes, questions. we do. We do, which is... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it does which not. Is there's, cool. Yeah, I'm 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 a fan of movies that don't uh, beat around the bush too long. Yeah, we get right into it here. <laughs> um, so we quickly meet Phil. Phil is uh, has arrived late at the boarding school, and um, kind of gives gives Jacob a scare. Uh, Phil has been badly burned in a fire. And unfortunately, has some scars on on his face. Yeah, and. Jacob runs out screaming and runs into Phil's parents and Phil's parents say, ah, I've seen you met our son, which is one of the most heartbreaking <laughs> lines really ever yeah. in that situation. Just like, oh, no, I did love the choice the costuming choice of a really bad wig for Phil. Oh, uh, right. It actually it made it feel more real. Like if it had looked like a good wig, I've been like, oh, well, why would they why would their hair look good after a fire? And right. I was like, Cause I've That's seen that true. before. Like people will do that. They'll do a good wig. Right. Or real hair. And this was clearly and a very bad wig, and I approve of that choice. Like, they went to Spirit Halloween, said this one, and went home. <laughs> Spirit Halloween. <laughs> um, so, the next morning, everyone is having breakfast, and uh, we meet the rest of the classmates, which we meet uh, Frederick, who is uh, has Tourette's. We meet Elwood, who is named autistic on um, the Wikipedia page. Is that how it was expressed to you that it's? I I would autism? say autistic is like a good umbrella, an, a good umbrella term for it. Um, yeah, sure. In most of the research I did, I found that autism is so different in everyone. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was kind of a, a job for me to do as much research as I could, and then kind of pick different pieces from different things that felt like a real, authentic character in the world 
of boarding right. school in this kind of yeah. heightened, very emotional, yeah. um, colorful world. Yeah, um, I, I will say, I'm just going to jump in real quick and say I did yeah. appreciate, so I'm autistic. Um, um, Asperger's is like sort of the term that's used, but it, it, that's a that's a dated term at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it, as are like low functioning, high functioning. Uh, it's it, yeah, it, like I'm on the side of the spectrum where yeah, emotionality is very difficult, and like I, I can recognize those things in performances where it's like, oh right, you people think that like autistic folks are emotionally stunted, when in fact it's a it's a very um, frustrating like rush of emotions mm-hmm. um, that it leads to in certain expressions. Things like in your performance, the uh, self sort sort of like self harm, um, low key self harm, right? Um, but yeah, difficulty taking care of certain bodily functions, difficulty with um, expressing yourself verbally, which is where people talk about like nonverbal and things like that. Uh-huh. Um, eye contact, um, yeah, definitely like looking down all the time, sort of stuff. Well, and there were there were things that I read about um, uh, uh, something called echolalia. Which yeah. is like a pretty severe, pervasive form of autism, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are parts of that that I kind of tried to work into my performance. And um, he definitely didn't just have um, what's what's the correct form of uh, Asperger's? Uh, uh, well, yeah, just a, just a different version, a different expression um, or severity of of autism. Yeah, yeah. It, it was definitely more pervasive than that. Um, Right. Yeah. And kind of the interesting for me, thing for me as an actor was to kind of dissect the script and say, well, these are the scenarios he's in. So mm-hmm. I have to kind mm-hmm. of justify the character being in these pretty over the top situations. Totally. Um, and that told totally. me a lot about the character. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where it started for me. And then um, I kind of just took all the research I had and tried to create something that felt yeah, authentic in the world. It's it's fairly true to life from um, like other folks I've worked with who are closer to that side of the spectrum or uh, on on that version of the spectrum, wherever you want to put it. I don't like using polarized language so much with it, but it's um right because it is such a broad yeah, spectrum. and it's it, yeah, it's severity is sometimes a good word to use with that, and it's definitely somebody who's um it it, it felt true to life. Like it had that uh the word that I love to use on here is to make myself sound smart, which was a uh, verisimilitude. Ooh, <laughs> SAT word right there. Yo, trying, trying. I did go to college, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so and then we also uh we see that Christine's also there. We're like, what what is she doing here? Um, I was laughing. I was typing this note when I was watching this last night, mm-hmm. uh, which was that this is clearly the opposite of or the creepiest version of uh, Charles Xavier School for Gifted Youngsters, <gasps> aka the School for the X Men. I've seen other people make <laughs> that comparison. It's I liked it for that, where it is like I mean, you have Phil who already is going to remind you of Beast, right? Uh-huh. Like just yeah, just visually true. or any other you know kid who has like a. a, a physical representation of their mutation mm-hmm. in X-Men. Right. Um, but yeah, it's all sort of like, and it, it can we can get into like the whole like disability of superpower or whatever. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we, we're in class um, at this point and we learn that it's, it's like a, it's like a Bible study curriculum pretty much, um, which is like, okay. And we very quickly learned that Dr. Sherman uses corporal punishment um, with Christine who is asking, I guess, too many questions to him. She She's very confused. I feel bad for Christina here. She's like, my my dad told me it's a bed and breakfast. I was like, oh, girl. Oh, honey, um, Bart Bass is a liar. you got to know Bart that. Bart Bass is a liar. You should have seen <laughs> Gossip Girl. If you had watched that. I know you were a little young, but you should have watched it. <laughs> so we, we get some good uh, establishing, some... Uh, 
good relationship establishment here. We get a couple of scenes with um, all of the students. Uh, they're either having, you know, like outside like playtime and, and, you know, they're they're getting to know each other and all of these things. We, we see the dynamics and we kind of start to see that Jacob is a little bit protective over your character, Elwood, um, which I love. I love that relationship um, mm-hmm. that was built there. I think it was just really sweet. Um, and then... Um, this movie really, really takes off with uh, the deaths here, and Frederick is discovered dead, half naked in the bathroom, um, in an apparent suicide by hanging. Um, it's like in the shower, and um, all all of the students end up seeing it. So that's that's not good for a school. That's not the parents aren't going to be too happy. We um, think. We, yeah, yeah, exactly. We think. We think. Uh, so Christine and is is like Jacob. We have to go. We have to. This is like our chance. We can escape. But they're caught and brought back, of course, because this is not their first rodeo. Clear or rodeo, clearly at the boarding school. Right. So Doctor Sherman reveals to Jacob that Christine was sent there as a result of having murdered her older brother, Timothy, and in uh, resulting in her mother's suicide because mm-hmm. she was so beside herself of, um, because of her son's death. So this is when <laughs> Jacob asks Christine if, he, if she killed um, Frederick, and she's like, she's like, yeah, have you? This is, this is such an intense, interesting script to me. In this scene where Christine is like, have you ever made yourself feel good by like touching yourself? And you're like, okay, where is this going? And then they she starts talking about asphyxiation and how that intensifies pleasure and everything. And how she told, yeah, (laughs) how she told him that. And then, and then basically causes him to hang himself by like kicking his feet off of the edge of the tub. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, it's so crazy. I was like, I was like, damn. Yeah. Damn. It, it gets, it gets totally. twisted real quick. Yeah. It We've does. already got a, a parent suicide and then yeah. Uh, a 12, 13 year old admitting to murder. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, so Christine is like, mean girl masochist here it's 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 really interesting her her psycho psychological what she's heather chandler meets veronica (laughs) she's got all that queen bee bullshit but also she kind of wants someone who can just hurt her yeah she's a bit of she's a bit of a masochist so she yeah she blackmails jacob into dancing with her she's still saying like you're you're a girl you're a girl um and all of these things um they also, um, in a scene prior to this, I believe, they uh, Christine snuck out of class. Well, she said she had to go to the bathroom. Uh, Dr. Sherman was like, you have to be back in three and a half minutes or it will go ill for you. And I'm like, you're so creepy. He's <laughs> very good at being creepy. And she she comes back and she's like, oh, it turned into number two. And we find out that she had snuck into the office and grabbed um, an ID card and a credit card and... They're not who they say they are. Their name on the ID is not Sherman. Um, So anyway, back to where we were. Uh, Christine tries to stab Jacob with a pair of scissors, but he ends up overpowering her. And um, and it's 
truly a display of her masochistic tendencies because she's saying like, I love you. I love you. I like, why won't you hurt me? Or like, you know, all of these things. And I'm just like, damn. Also cuts her hair off. So we get more, oh, yeah, more that, on that gender expression moment. We do. Like, we do. Where are we now? We have our quote unquote young boy wearing a, a fabulous dress covered in blood and long uh, velvet gloves. And our mm-hmm. uh, quote unquote young girl with her like sweatshirt and, uh, <laughs> and like, chopped off hair to match Jacob's. Yeah, and they're dancing together and she's the one who says I'll lead sort Mm -hmm. of thing, which is, you know, traditionally the male side of dancing. Doesn't have to be because I'm not into that, but traditionally that's what it is. Um, I'm the better dancer though. (laughs) So later, uh, poor Jacob, poor Jacob finds finds Elwood dead in bed. Uh, He's been smothered, it seems, with a pillow and we both wrote in our notes, Elwood, no! It was, honestly, your, <laughs> your, death, damn heart. your death was the saddest just because, like, you and you and Jacob had developed such an adorable bond and the fact that Jacob mm. had to be the one to find you was just, I mean, of course he found you, but it's, it's so sad, so sad. Yeah, not fun. I, I, I totally see it. Um, and I think, I think the reason, like, Elwood's death... Uh, is so sad is just because he was so kind-hearted. It's like he didn't have a bad bone in his body. It, the only time he had like um uh you know an aggressive moment or anything, it, it was reactionary. It was totally just in response to. I did yeah. not enjoy that. No, I did not enjoy it either. I think I think everyone was like really rooting for Elwood, you know, and it just well because there's already there's an earlier line from Frederick that's uh like a clear it felt felt like a clear reference to uh, one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Oh yeah. Of you're gonna get us out of here. So it seemed like Elwood was sort of set up as like uh if we we're looking at it as uh. Mrs. Sherman is Nurse Ratched, then mm-hmm. Elwood's the chief, right? Right. And Jacob is Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Jack right? Nicholson, yeah. Is so, that track for you, Nico? Like <laughs> that scene is I that scene was. is really spooky. Well, we also get so well you're looking that up, yeah. I can do this. Go for um, it. So we do get this sort of moment where Dr. Sherman tries to get Jacob to sort of inform and assist with the other students, and that's sort of like our little montage right. for a while. <laughs> yes. While we're getting intercuts to to like references to hiding during the Holocaust for yeah. his grandmother. Uh, and we're, we're seeing like the SS officer come through and like torture her friend, uh, uh, Zippy and, uh, her as well. And so we're seeing these interstitials. And so we're getting clearly a lot of, uh, parallels here. Poor Jacob at the beginning of this film, when, um, she walks up to him and tells him that story at the funeral. And I was just like, this child is haunted. I feel so bad. He's just haunted. (laughs) Um, okay. So yeah, it's super spooky. I'm just like the intensity that, 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 that actress has when she's telling that story. I'm just like, where is this going? Because it just comes out of nowhere. I know where it's coming from. <laughs> it's a little phrase yes. we call generational trauma. Generational <laughs> trauma. Wow. Okay. So um, this is this is about the time when Jacob goes down like into the basement um, where we find uh, some bodies in the fridge. And we find the real doctor and Mrs. Sherman. Um, Jacob is very bold with some dead bodies here. Like he's like moving around, like fishing in the pocket for the wallet. Like I, I don't think I could do that. Um, but that's more than I could do. Yeah, Jacob uh... (laughs) is a lot stronger than me. Uh, I just, I couldn't, I could not. Um, 
And then we get we meet Elwood's mom and we get a little bit of, uh, you know, just a little bit more about him. And she's asking to see Elwood. She's asking, you know, can I can I just see him? And, and Dr. Sherman is like, I couldn't grant your wish even if I wanted to. And she's like, oh, my God, like you you already did it. And this is this is where we get the huge realization that it's a contract these parents send these uh, children so so to fucked. boarding school, <laughs> essentially to kill them off. And she's asking all these questions, and he's like, he's he's like, I told you, the less you know, the better. You you shouldn't know the the details and everything. Yeah. And um, I mean, this is this is really <laughs> where the other shoe drops. This is this is like where your stomach just sinks. It's not just like that. This boarding school sucks. It's just that like. Wow. Like, this was intentional. This was a mm-hmm. written contract. This is crazy. And then Jacob is overhearing all of this. He's in the closet. Mm-hmm. And um, um, Mrs. What is what is Mrs. Right. Adams or Miss Adams um, right. comes in and, like, slit or, like, stabs. <laughs> just fucking she, goes, she goes. She goes for it. She goes for it with um, Elwood's mom. And I actually, I actually thought this was, like, really funny in a dark way where he's like, you didn't have to do that. I like already poisoned her. And, and he's like, that's the second time today you've, you know, like fucked up. And he just like slits her throat. Yeah, the last 30 and minutes of this, this really hits. This, this was good CGI too, <laughs> yeah. where the, where the blouse yes. is up over the head and the blood is running up. Yeah. That was sick. I loved that. Yeah, we were just talking about, uh, we were recording an episode yesterday where we were shitting all over CGI. And then I was watching it, watching this movie after we'd recorded that episode. And I was like, Oh right, CGI is really good. It just has to be used in different ways. Yeah, you don't use it to create monsters. Yeah. You use it to enhance effects. Uh, doing it small scale. I think I yelled mm-hmm. when I saw that. I was like, "Yes, that's good CGI <laughs> right there." Um. So then, so people be yeah. dying, and people be getting killed. Quick list here. <laughs> pretty yeah, exactly. It's 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 a lot like a, a lot like a slasher here, where it's just it follows the deaths at this point. Yeah, I mean, the third act of uh, any film that's going to have a bunch of deaths, usually you hit that climax, boom, boom, and it's boom, just boom. Start, people start dropping yeah. <laughs> really quick. It's like that other shoe drops, and then we just start rolling down the hill. There is a really great on the nose line. Like it's very on the nose, but I, I was love just the line. about to bring this up where yeah. where Jacob's in the closet. Doctor Sherman's just like, oh, Jacob, you can come out of that closet now. Like it's that's like, it's on the nose, but I love it. <laughs> he's in the dress, he's in the gloves. Like yeah. we, yeah, it's it's on the nose, and yeah, I'm I'm still a fan. Like sometimes, write the obvious line, you know. Yeah. Like from I, I have mm-hmm. to tell myself that all the time. I have notes all over my computer when I'm writing things of like just go with the obvious thing. Don't be clever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes that's the best way to convey things. So. Let's see. Uh, so this is when when shit really again starts hitting the fan. The groundskeeper gets killed because um, we don't know who's on whose side at this point. Because Doctor Sherman's like, okay, we got to get the groundskeeper, here. and it's like, yeah, we we have a we have a problem. And then they're trying to stage all of the deaths to make it look like it was an accident. Um, he he douses some curtains and um, a couple of other things with uh, what was do you do you remember what that? I don't remember what the actual chemical is. But basically, um, he it's he an just, accelerant that is indistinguishable from a normal yeah. flame. Yeah, it's not yeah. like alcohol or gasoline or kerosene where you would find traces of it. He does the same thing right before that with the tricyclics. Yes, is how he poisoned her. Um, which is yeah a pretty classic poisoning thing because it is undetectable uh, if someone's addicted to pills. Um, or like anything that has right. a drug. A tricyclic is a is a is a, a, a psychiatric drug. 
Which Elwood's mother probably most likely was addicted to pills. Yeah. I would imagine. That's what Dr. Sherman says, and I'm inclined to believe him here. He doesn't really have a reason to lie in this moment. She gives me big pill energy. (laughs) (laughs) She does. She's... Who would... I mean, only someone on, like, pills would ship their kid off to, like, boarding school to get them killed. What the fuck? (laughs) Big Big pill pill energy. Big pill energy. Oh, my God. That's that's, uh, the the hashtag. Um... (laughs) It's the hashtag for this one. So, uh, but yeah, I guess. the first person who's described on this podcast as being a white wine and pills person. Oh, they're, oh. they make the horror movies go go round. Yeah. Because <laughs> just so much delusion there. Thanks to the Sackler family, bastards of the uh, <laughs> pharmaceutical industry. <laughs> hey. Um, so, <laughs> shit's on fire now, basically. Um, and Jacob is kind of... He's he's doing probably the smartest thing he can do, which is kind of go along with um, Dr. Sherman's kind of craziness. And it's just like, yeah, I'll help you. But um, I loved this line where he says, if I help you now, will you let me help you again? Meaning like, are you just going to kill me after you, you know, let me help you? Or it, do I get to be your Do I get to? Yeah, ex- exactly. Which obviously he's just trying to stay alive and get out. Um and there was such a um, you you mentioned this when we were watching it yesterday that with Dr. Sherman saying um, like I started I started this work at a young age it's kind of like um, oh, it's referencing a, it's a Nazi Nazi youth, Nazi it's, it's youth, Nazi youth yeah. which is which is really a really cool uh, through line in this movie which I'll definitely I've got a lot of comments on Christianity and fascism Ooh, which is uh, for sure relevant right now uh, yeah. <laughs> Very scarily so. Um, And so the plan is to, again, have everyone in the house uh, killed in a fire. And this is when we find out that it was his stepfather who sent Jacob to the boarding school, um, who we thought was like on his side. We thought, you know, because he had that sweet moment in the beginning where he's like, your mom just gets frustrated sometimes. Like, don't worry about it. Like, just please try to be better sort of thing. So we think he's very sympathetic towards Jacob, but then we kind of learn, (laughs) learn differently. So this is, this is a pretty rad part where Jacob decides to like, it's, it's with the key, I think, that he slashes Dr. Sherman. No, he has a knife. It's a knife? Okay, does, it's yeah, a knife. He slashes over his head. Um, he likes... Oh, sorry, right before this, I, I wanted to shout out, I had a note in here to shout out the good gore and good foley um, oh, yeah. of Claude's death. Absolutely. Um, when Dr. Sherman kills Claude, they get, I, I love a good foley. Mm-hmm. bit it's what makes movies movies it's the whole reason that star wars is good um <laughs> it's not the entire reason that i've Huge listened to fun. hours and hours and hours of audio about like how they made the foley for all of that um and so i love i've sent ever since then i was a kid when i watched that and i've always loved good foley work since then um i also wanted to just you know shout out to sherman he's uh, if nothing else he's good with his rod He's good with his rod, <laughs> just like killing a motherfucker. Again, it's not his first rodeo, and we can tell. Uh, so, uh, where was I now? Oh, the slashing his uh, forehead. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that. Jacob being clever. Um, Jacob slashes Dr. Sherman's forehead. Uh, the blood is trickling down, so now he is essentially blinded by his own blood, which is great. Um, nice and, symbolism. Yeah, and so now he's um, able to bludgeon... I love that word. Bludgeon <laughs> Dr. Sherman to death and set him on fire. So um, this is when Jacob makes a big choice. He evacuates everyone from the house except Christine. Because he wants to show her one quick thing back in the room. 
<laughs> right. Um, and she loves him, so she'll she'll go where where he he wants her to. Oof, this one hurts. Yeah. Um. So he's he's avenging Frederick's death essentially. And oh, we did have that really cute part where um Phil has all the stars. Oh yeah. Has all the stars that he's put like we all I think a lot of people had them in the in the 90s. I certainly did in my bedroom. Um, I did to this scale. <laughs> yeah, he does like an incredible job. This um, is the galaxy. Like. And there's like one night where Christine comes and sleeps over and they sleep kind of on the floor and it's just it's it's it's, it's really sweet. sweet. It's one of our like last sweet moments <laughs> that we get. Um but it, this this movie, I, I talk about this a lot with movies that deal with children and the way that we view children um, just in life and then in TV film is we often put them in these boxes of like good or bad, like a good bad binary. And what I love about horror films is they tend to explore the gray area between between that because none of these um, um, Christine and Jacob both are in that gray area because Jacob is, kind of professes his love for Christine and is like, is she's like, but I love you. And he's like, I know that's why I showed you Phil's, um, uh, stars, his galaxy and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's this, um, turncoats getting their comeuppance, um, and it's still sucking. Like it's yeah. still, it's still shitty. Um, yeah. you should be happy for the revenge that he gets for Frederick. And I think that's fair to feel that emotion, but also, she's a kid and you have a it's really tough. and she's in a yeah. really horrible situation and she sees a way out it's not the only way out it cannot be the only way out right but she makes a choice because kids aren't they're not smart enough to get some of these things right like yeah you can morality is is a thing that is learned over time not a thing that is just known from birth and i will fight all the kids i went to school with who did <laughs> ethics um and right, said right. that that's a thing um so we get a dope shot after this. Uh, Jacob is like peeling off the dress, peeling off um, everything. He's completely he's completely naked. It's very V for Vendetta. It is. It is very V for Vendetta. And is is walking down the uh, staircase. And um, I guess we're at. Are we at the police station? Because the kids are rescued. They're waiting for their parents. Are we? At, yeah, I'm assuming it's some like sort of a, local yeah, police station or something. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Um, and Jacob grabs phil's father and is like yo phil and i are friends now if anything happens <laughs> to him like you're dealing with me yeah, watch out watch out him. it is so <laughs> michael corleone and i love it it's, it's pretty great it's pretty great um so he's like you'll regret it um so we get we get the uh world war ii um kind of plot line that's an interstitial throughout this movie. We get mm-hmm. it kind of tied together at the end here. Um, yeah, they're where, at this moment. Yeah. And so uh, Jacob is at home with mom and stepdad. They're having dinner and they're talking. They're, they're being really nice to him now, of course. Oh, um, they're they're talking about Paris going for a few months. Away. Yeah. And all these things. And then... Um, now that Jake, you've been traumatized. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we should do Let's something. Let's go to Paris. Let's do yeah. something relaxing. Um, yeah. God. Paris is so relaxing. Oh, God. Yeah. It's 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 a lot like New York. <laughs> it's uh, it's very, very yep. busy. So Jacob is in his room and we kind of we, we're getting, you know, flashes between his grandmother as a young person going off with the Nazis so that um, essentially saving her. CP, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we get Jacob kind of like, there's like blood in his mouth and it's it's all just like happening at once and we see the, the filed down teeth again. 
and how she kills the Nazi. And Jacob has like all this blood in his mouth. And then we hear uh, his stepfather like um, is is dying. Uh, the mother the the mother is like is like you have to get up. You have to get up. We hear this in the distance, and then we see the vial of whatever and his um, wine and yeah and his wine and him sipping the wine and then um i love this ending where jacob like takes the blood and puts it on like it's lipstick Mm -hmm. which closes the parallel between his grandmother and him so it's it's such a cool ending and that smile yeah yeah the the little great job with this final scene like he's a good actor yeah he's a good actor big fan but yeah that that concludes the plot section of this podcast (laughs) So um, now on on to questions. What was the audition process like? The audition process, I it was two rounds. It was not like super duper lengthy. Mm-hmm. The first audition was just for a casting director, uh, Stephanie Holbrook. Mm-hmm. Right. And what did I do in that audition? That is a good question in that first so, audition. I, sometimes we just don't. Sometimes it's like a blackout situation. <laughs> Well, it's and it's, like, you know, and it's been like three years at this point. So it's like, you know, yeah. and I do remember the, the callback, but I don't, I don't remember if I had to do a scene or if it was improv for the first audition. But the second audition was improv, which mm. was pretty nerve wracking. Yeah. Always it was, is. Always <laughs> is. Um, and also just because you have absolutely no idea what is going to be happening. Yeah. Um, but it was for Boaz mm-hmm. and Stephanie again. Um, and he kind of just, it was probably 20 minutes long and he kind of worked with me on what I had done in the first audition. Mm -hmm. Um, and then had just kind of put my current characterization of Elwood in a a different, a bunch of different scenarios. Mm -hmm. I remember he kind of, I think he kind of described out that initial lunchroom scene where there's all this chaos kind of happening around him, you know, how would Elwood respond to it and all of this. Um, it was a, so it was a very kind of collaborative audition, but Great. you know, I didn't really, I had really no, I had no idea how it went after yeah. because <laughs> yeah. you know, when it's improv, you don't, you don't know if you're giving them what they want. Yeah. Um, right. But yeah, it, it was a pretty easy, quick audition experience. Great. Awesome. I guess I also, I also just want to see if there's like any, any funny, like, behind the scenes like trivia or just anything silly that happened any bloopers any any issues with the slap how many times you had to do the slap (laughs) you got slapped across the face i did i did (laughs) the good thing is we had really we had a great um stunt choreographer um Mm -hmm. who had really planned that out all really well and it was actually pretty easy to execute that that scene the fight scene was probably not the most difficult for me it was that initial lunchroom scene um, because we shot that kind of early in the process, mm-hmm. and I hate eggs. Oh, like, oh really? No. Yes, eggs are my literally my least favorite food. Like, <laughs> cannot oh eat them. Uh, you know, and it, it being a movie set, you know, it takes hours and hours to shoot a scene. So by the end, they're like, you know, cold and yeah. soggy. Oh. You know, and I'm doing this scene where I'm shoving them up my nose. Exactly. And then, chewing like invasive them. eggs it is it was a, it was a whole day of eggs um Whoa. so that, that that for me was probably the longest day just because <laughs> you know i had to conquer that egg fear uh, <laughs> yeah totally but yeah totally. it was honestly it for me it was such an easy process uh once i kind of like developed the character and everything just because everyone on set was so 
professional and good at their well, job amazing. and prepared and there was not a bad attitude in the bunch like Hell everybody yeah. was just super friendly and Boaz was a great director he knew exactly like how to communicate to each of us um, what That's he needed <laughs> um, and I think probably because he I think he maybe not that he was an actor but his he comes from a a acting family like his dad's mm -hmm. a teacher at Juilliard uh, he he's just worked so much with actors that it's like he really knew how to communicate to all of us. Um, so it was just, it was a great experience. Everybody had, um, I, it really, for me, I learned a lot because I was probably the least experienced person on the set. Right. As far as like doing a feature of this size, I had worked on like some other uh, sets and done shorts and stuff, but nothing of kind of this level. Mm -hmm. Um, totally. And even even the kids that were you know ten years younger than me, they had worked more in uh, film than I had. So yeah. I was really just learning from everybody around me. That's so cool. That's and a good that's, experience to have. For yeah, sure. that's so cool that you yeah. you were able to get that experience. I'm I'm very grateful that it was my first uh, ex, you know experience of this level because it was everyone was just so nice. I was definitely I walked into it with my own you know anxieties about playing the character and yeah, kind of. of course how it would look and, you know, all of that. Um, and how it would be perceived, honestly, too. Mm -hmm. Because I, you know, we're kind of living in a world now where, uh, and rightfully so, uh, everybody's got an opinion about something. And mm -hmm. you never know as an actor how, you know, a performance is gonna come across to people. So totally. I was definitely nervous about all of that. But the, everybody on set just made it such a great experience. That's, That's awesome. great. Yeah, I always I another point I make on this podcast a lot um, because I was I was actually just like having a discussion with my roommates and I was like, I was like, I get why some actors are completely out of their gourd and just insane because um, a there's the narcissism with some of them, but also um, also there's this this level of like it all falls on their shoulders because they're the physical representation of the project and there's so much that happens between that actor's performance and the drop of the movie the the and, majority of it yeah i mean the people yeah. behind the scenes don't get nearly enough credit they're doing they're they're putting the movie together they're doing the majority yeah. of the work of putting the movie together it's like yeah uh, that all of the actors we have our struggle i mean it was i went home a lot of days in pain from you know holding my body in you know in this character for so long and stuff like that but it, it was three weeks, four weeks. Yeah. And uh, there were people working on it for a year afterwards every mm -hmm. day. Yeah. So yeah. they just don't get enough credit. Yeah. And I, I read I read some I read some reviews um, that are online of of the movie. And just like any horror film, it was it was a mixed bag of reviews. Totally. But the weird the, the funniest review that I saw was like someone was like calling the movie too weird. And I was like, bro. You're watching a horror film. Like what? That's the worst adjective to call it if you're trying to be negative. Like really? What did uh -huh. you what did you think you were getting into? Well, um yeah, and people definitely, I mean, they like to be able to like categorize things and put mm -hmm. them in like a clean box that makes sense to them, you know what I mean? Makes them yes. feel comfortable. Um, <laughs> totally. And this movie is definitely unorthodox in a lot of ways. It's, yeah. you know, it, for the first two thirds of the movie, a lot of people would say, well, it's not like a super like in the horror genre it's kind of like a thriller a mystery like you're kind of the whole like beginning of the movie kind of trying to piece together what's going on and what's everybody's involvement and all of this so a lot of people i think just because 
from the get, it doesn't have those like jump scares and it's really gory and all of that. It doesn't mm-hmm. kind of fit that like horror box to them, yeah. especially in, I think, American cinema. Like a, lo- a lot of people think that this movie is kind of more of like a European gothic horror feel to it because it it's, does have that. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's kind mm-hmm. of more colorful and it's a little more character driven. Like it, it's got kind of more development of all of the characters in it. Yeah. There's a lot of. Yeah. The characters are all fairly like, I mean, Sherman's super arch, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which is not as common in American film anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Especially yeah. for villains, people. I think people here tend to read it as cheesy or whatever. But it, yeah, I, I appreciate it because I do like watch a lot of European film, and it's yeah, yeah. And I think I think a lot of people, a, a lot of what we deal with um, in the horror genre, which isn't really, it doesn't really happen so much in other genres, is like the gatekeeping of the genre, hmm. where I'm like, it's kind of it's completely unfair because how are we going to find new narratives and find new interesting things to explore if you're trying to put, you know, you're trying to say this isn't a horror film because X, Y, Z it's, it's weird. It's this, it's that. And I'm just like, okay, so it's not, it's not Halloween. It's not nightmare on Elm street. Okay. But it still can, it, people are just so, so strange about it. I have the DMs to prove it. People think that I should not be talking about horror because I'm a woman. <laughs> oh and, my goodness. Oh yeah. It's it's yeah. all cis white men like incels and everything. And if you're listening to this, stay it's out a, of my DMs. It's also so funny because like <laughs> they never come for me even though I'm a queer Jew who runs this podcast. Like <laughs> But they're they're all they're all after me. They're all like Oh my god. Oh, they're, this just, woman. they're angrier about tits than they are about me I'm being just Jewish. Ca- I'm, yeah. wild. I'm just Which, calling them out for, you know, um, I, I, how they treat women. And I I can see that because there were a good chunk of people who I, you know, I would see reviews or postings about stuff that were really bothered by the fact that Jacob's in a dress. They're oh like really, God. really bothered by the fact that he's wearing a dress the last 30 minutes of the movie. I felt and I'm so like, seen. Uh, yeah, I'm like, yeah. first of all, it's a kid. Mm-hmm. He's like, and also the thing about this movie is like, you you get kind of whatever you put into it. It's yeah. like, oh, yeah. there are so many different things that could really be like what's going on or what, what the motives of the character are that you kind of, uh, take on as a, a viewer your mm-hmm. assumption of them mm-hmm. so uh, these people that get so hung up on this it's like they almost can't even see past it it's like once they see the kid in the dress the movie is you know unacceptable to them because they just they don't agree with that right. no matter you know <laughs> yeah it's it's ridiculous i i love what this movie is saying kind of about um, gender expression and and all of that and actually I I had to ask Topher because he knows a lot being Jewish himself he knows a lot more about the history and everything mm-hmm. and I was asking him you know um, like why I was asking him like why are why are the twins there who I, I, I failed to mention in the plot uh, synopsis but there there are two um, there are two twins there who their parents are clearly lying to them because the parents are white and they're not, and they're clearly adopted, but the parents are lying. Um, right. and they, they so, specifically say we're not adopted. Yeah. 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 They are the under there. the impression that they are not adopted and yeah. all that. And so, um, I was asking Tover, I was like, okay, so we, we've got, you know, a, a, a group of quote unquote misfits, if you will. And, 
Gifted youngsters. Gifted youngsters. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm like, okay, why? Why all of these different demographics? Like, why, why don't we just have like, why wasn't this like Matilda but scarier? Like, why do we have all of these different demographics? And he told me that. Um, we can you, go into it. Yeah. Yeah, I was say you can probably articulate it a little bit better. But I was at just asking him about. About that, because I, I just wasn't sure what the intention was. Yeah, so it seemed to me, and I, I'm curious to hear what you uh, were told on set and like through the process and everything, but um, one of the things that I th- think people could see as problematic if they didn't know the history is this comparison of uh, disabled or um, sort of misfit yeah, kids uh, being compared to the Holocaust. Um, but if you know the real history of the Holocaust... Uh, it started off with uh, the the first people who were rounded up and killed were the quote, <laughs> this is the I don't remember the term in German because I don't I don't speak German um, for a lot of reasons, um, <laughs> but uh, the term is it translates to useless eaters. Um, and once again, we're synced, we're like in a sort of like serendipitous moment with our, one of our favorite other podcasts, uh, Behind the Bastards, because um, they were talking about this week with the population control movement and why that's so awful. Um, <clears throat> But the Nazis, before they rounded up Jews or anybody else by race or religion or creed or whatever, uh, they were rounding up people who they called useless leaders. And this was the disabled. This was the queer, um, primarily those two groups, but a lot of others, you know, uh, the poor, um, people who they thought were not productive to society, therefore did not deserve to live because they are fascists. And fascists are uh, supposed to all be about make the machine as efficient as it can for the quote unquote society. And then um, it evolved to the genocide. Exactly. Of- Jewish people, queer folk, brown folk, Jewish folk. See, I didn't know um, that. Romani, I didn't, yeah. I didn't either. So I, I didn't know if that was anything yeah. that he mentioned on set, but that's clearly like what's going on here because it does move that way through the plot as well. That yeah, he never two... he never specified that, but I think you're probably right on the nose because he's uh, he's made other films that mm-hmm. uh, kind of have like a, a through line of um, uh, being Jewish in America, uh, the Holocaust, you know, all of those things. So I bet you're probably right. Yeah, well, it seems yeah. clear to me, too, when we look at the generational trauma that I brought up earlier, that we see um, it being passed down to, well, the, so we have the sort of like latchkey kid in the 90s, right, which I think a lot of us kind of were, that was a big thing in the 80s and 90s of like, regardless of your kind of demographic, you were kind of left home a lot, mm-hmm. and also protected from a lot of things. Like, that's when we started getting uh, parental controls on TVs, <laughs> right? Yeah. When you could first start installing those in cable and stuff, and then you would have like, okay, well, do your homework. Oh, well, you're not allowed to be part of this. You're not allowed to know this part of the family because they're they're evil or they're crazy or they're not what we want you to be exposed to. So there's a lot of this like hands-on helicoptery type parenting that we saw. So that was very true to life for the '90s for sure. At least like, yeah, I'm not going to accuse my own parents of that necessarily, but I saw it a lot in my friends for sure. Well, and that happens exactly in the movie. I mean, he's exactly. he's never even met his grandmother because right. um, his his mom won't you know allow her to be seen by anybody. Yeah, and she's yeah. trying to, and it's, his mom is, is is wrong, but in the right way. Um, her intentions to, are good, but it's not it's it's not helpful because of like you said the generational trauma. Now yeah. he's just left confused and with nightmares, you know, totally. so, and mm-hmm. he doesn't know where that's coming from. But he does get it passed down to him by her friend C.P., who was at the funeral and shows him all of her scars and mentions all these things. And so he starts to become aware of that. And then we have, you know, Dr. Sherman as Dr. Mangala, like right. experimenting on and murdering children where we go from um, I, I had it in my notes as, oh, shit, we went from Brinkthonk to uh, Auschwitz. 
the Kai yeah. Springtonk was a, a famous uh, concentration camp that I have visited, and it was awful uh, in Belgium, where it was called the Camp of Madness. Um, it was not a death camp. It was a camp where they just experimented on and tortured people. Oh, um, yeah, sorry. It, it, this is going to get heavy. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, whenever you're dealing uh, with the Holocaust, but no one was in, no one was intentionally murdered there by state order, right? Um, okay. But then you have places like uh, uh, Dachau and Auschwitz where they were the whole purpose was to process bodies, as they put it. Um, and that's where we go from. So I, I thought it was interesting. Like it, it was it was real relations to real famous uh, concentration camps of the different types that there were. There were many different types, you know, work camps and things like that. But like I thought this was I thought it was interesting. Like it, it, it sucks to watch for me where I'm like, oh, God, this is bringing up a lot. But <laughs> but also it being passed down, like there's all yeah. these nice notes of Jewishness in this film, like with the um, moving from seven to six people initially. Um, so oh, that's yeah, Phil's seven... moment. <laughs> like, well, there's six. Now. Well, yeah. And there's the nice like button joke there. But it's also <laughs> yeah. seven's a holy number in Christianity and six is, a, is, is an evil number in Christianity. Satan. And it's not that way in Jewish numerology. Um, there's mm-hmm. the mention that Jacob loves Captain America, who is a well-known like he is a hero to the Jewish community in a lot of ways. Like a lot of the nerd nerdy Jewish community is like, that's the guy. See, I learned I That's learned cool. a lot. I learned yeah, a lot the second cool. time. Because I, I watched it. I watched Peter it Parker's first. Jewish, by the way. We should, we should, everybody needs to know that. It's never, stated, it's never stated officially, but that dude's Jewish. He's Jewish <laughs> from Queens. He's from Queens. But yeah, I, I learned a lot watching it with him last night because the first time I watched it by myself and I was... Because uh, I, I also read one of the reviews and, and someone was saying, like, there's too there's too much going on. But I was like, well, if there's a through line, then that's OK. Then everything is supposed to be there. But I wasn't sure what the through line was. So when he explained all of that to me, I was like, OK, you need to express this on the podcast, <laughs> because I, if I don't know it, I don't know if, you know, a lot of other people would. And I think it made me appreciate this movie a lot more because it's 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 very intentional what he's trying to get across. Yeah. And I just thought that was, like, really cool. I, I think you're totally right. One one little, uh, I guess, interesting tidbit, that uh, it was, like, an early uh, screening of the movie in Brooklyn that Boaz was doing a Q&A at that I went and saw the movie for the first time. And he even said that originally, like, a major studio wanted to pick up the movie, mm-hmm. but they said to him, like, you've got to get rid of the boy in a dress. Like, it just, wow. it won't sell. you got to get rid of the boy in the dress. Um and for him, it was just like, you know, the minute I do that, then it's it's kind of like a domino effect. Then yeah. the, right. the Holocaust through line won't make as much sense. His connection to the grandmother. Um, right. So I totally see that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's yeah, it's one of those things you pull out one thread, the whole thing unravels. And mm-hmm. it's good for him for having um, so much integrity to love when someone stands up to a studio. Shout yeah. out to directors who do that. I yeah. love it. <laughs> to keep the integrity of, of your of your film. I mean, that's that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Do we have any? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's lots of things we can talk about in here. Yeah. I mean, I obviously want to shout out the, the editing is amazing. And that's not something like I've said this before. When I notice editing, it's because I watch for it. And like I um not to shit on other films but uh, uh the the Freddie Mercury film with um um Rami Malek Ra- oh yeah. oh like mm. the the queen the queen yeah, film movie. yeah the biopic um, or whatever yeah so there's a moment in that and that movie was nominated for an Oscar for best film editing and I laughed my ass off when I saw that because I had seen scenes from it and there is a scene that is entirely it's a 5 minute long scene that's entirely composed of reverses Okay. Which just makes you sick watching it because you're just like, 
person, 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 person. It's such a whippy edit. It's not a smooth edit at all. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this, the edits are so gorgeous. The initial scene when he's dancing to um, the sort of like Kletzmarie tango mm-hmm. music in the dress. The first, the first scene we see of him in the dress. Yeah. The edits in that are so gorgeous. It's shot like you would shoot a music video. Um, yeah. Which is very smooth edits and it's lots of cuts, but they're all very, they're so smooth that you kind of forget they're there. And that's, mm. it's weirdly like when you're not supposed to, no- you're never supposed to notice editing, right? Um, generally right. speaking, unless right. it's yeah. a, like it's an artistic choice. And it was so cool to like notice that it shouldn't be noticed mm-hmm. in this movie. I got, it's hard to phrase it that way, but I'm like, I, I've done a good amount of film editing and video editing and I hate doing it, but I also <laughs> understand, I appreciate what goes into it. It's one of my favorite like jobs that exists because it's like, oh no, you get to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, editing is what tells the story visually and narratively and all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did, the a, yeah, they did a lot of work in post too. It was, yeah, it, was it was in post a long time, but I mean, all the the fire stuff at the end and mm-hmm. pretty and most of the the blood stuff. I mean, uh, there was definitely blood on clothes and on like the right. knives and stuff like that. But uh, all of that kind of stuff. But I even think just like color wise, it was it had Beautiful. to have been like visually enhanced because mm-hmm. I, the house was gorgeous. I mean, it was ornate. It was old. It was creepy. Right. Um, but on the movie, I, I just remember seeing it the first time and I was like, wow, it's so colorful. Like the, the colors in this are so bright. Yeah, there's a lot of really great stuff you can do these days in post with um, with enhancing color or dampening color. Um, we were talking about the thing and like how that was all had to do be done in camera because it was 1982 and you mm-hmm. couldn't do as much of that. You had to literally paint the film oh. to make it look different. Um, and it's awesome that you can do that in post now. You're still technically painting the film, I guess, if you can hear the air quotes in that, because I always forget this is an audio medium, even though I've been doing it forever. <laughs> um, but it's, uh, yeah, you're still painting the film, so to speak, but it, it's all done digitally, and, it, and it, you can get some really cool stuff with that. You can do these, like, you can mute your backgrounds while enhancing your foregrounds or vice versa, and it's all this really cool stuff you can do, and it was clearly done in here in a really cool way. Where it doesn't cool. look fake or cheap or shitty or like rushed. It looks like they took their time and gave a shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this this movie this movie is definitely beautiful. There's also just some great camera work that was done mm-hmm. that had to be done in camera. Like some of these, um, like there's like a, a, a zoom out, um, but it's not technically a zoom. It's a it's a steady cam back up. So it'd be like a dolly shot almost, but right. it's it's, a, it's done with steady cam because the camera does rock, which I loved. Yeah. You can see the camera yeah. moving, but it's supposed to move in those moments. And it's mm. not like it's one of those things I could tell wasn't done digitally because it was definitely somebody walking backwards who's used to doing that. There's a lot of that. The camera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've done a lot of that. It's it's hard to master that to do. I it felt bad for right. those guys with those heavy cameras too, just <laughs> holding so, them for so hours oh and God. hours. Right. Pretty sure some of my, not so all of my knee problems, but some of my knee problems are from camera operation. It's not yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love doing are, it. It's just heavy. Those things are heavy. <laughs> So I, I think that about wraps this up. I mean, we could we could always go on and on, but I think I think that's that's the majority of it. Um, Nico, please tell the people where they can find you on I, the social medias. I am on Instagram at Nico J Oliveri. It's just my name, Nico J Oliveri. Mm-hmm. I don't Perfect. have a Twitter. None of that probably, extra stuff, you know. But in, the Instagram's best. the place where I'm at. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds yeah. like most actors, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, that's, that's definitely my favorite platform. Writers are on Twitter, actors are on Instagram. Twitter's <laughs> just become, it's, it's in the last four years, it's become it's a, a little too much for me to handle. It's so. a headache that I wake up to every morning it's and It's totally fair. We, yeah. we all should protect ourselves Agreed. in any way that we can. Oh, God. 
Okay, and you guys know where to find us. We're at Horror Babes Podcast on Instagram. We're at Horror Babes Pod on uh, Twitter. And we are uh, horrorbabespod.com always. Thank you again so much, Nico. Thank you so much. Yeah, we really appreciate this. This is yeah. fun. Thank you for this having was, me. It's really a pleasure. Cool. This was, I think, the first time that we've been able to have an actor in a film come on and talk to us about the film they were in. So fun. It was pretty great. Okay, um, so until next time, stay safe, wear a mask, and social distance. Bye, Bye babes. babes. Hey, babe. Yeah, babe. Yeah, babe.